Welcome to Why Is with Ty and Dan. This week we discuss all the perverted timelines. There, I got it out of the way. Welcome to Why Is with Ty and Dan, a Marvel podcast where we try to figure out just who and what is going on in this cinematic universe. My name is Tyler Borland, and with me always is Danny Vincent. That's true. I'm here. It's me. All right. (laughs) Here to talk about Loki and Loki. That's what this episode should be called. Loki and Loki. A Loki joint. Directed by Loki. Written by Loki. Music by Loki. Spoiler by Tyler. All right. From this point on, we will discuss (laughs) the latest episode of Loki and possible spoilers for future productions. We do not claim to have knowledge of said future spoilers, but will gladly take full credit if such come true. We will not address any leaks, but if our speculations align, it is purely coincidence. So let's talk about All right. Loki. Episode, episode three. three, Laments. Ooh. Oh, Lamentus. No, I was going to say Revenge of the Sith, but I'm glad you got the actual title in there. Uh <laughs> You know, it'd be uh, really funny if, like, I do that with literally every episode we watch. Because I don't think these Marvel shows have gotten past nine episodes. So I could make everyone get the Star Wars trilogy. That's true. Anyway. Yeah. So, I didn't think it was a bad episode. Still had a couple reveals within its uh, shortened time. Felt more like a Mando Season 1 episode for me, rather than an MCU property. But I think a lot of that is because of the setting on Lamentis. Um... Uh, it's not a bad thing. Maybe Marvel breaking the mold, and if so, then I applaud it. Still, I very, very much doubt it. Um, felt very much like a filler episode. All right. Well, first off, I'm gonna respond. I have stuff I don't ever know that I'm gonna say. Deal with it, Tyler. You're gonna have to deal with it because I think this episode's gonna be short because I don't think there's a lot of dissect. So we can, I can go at you. Just okay. I'm not actually attacking you. I'm just responding more than I've written down. But first, I don't want to use the word filler. Because I hate the word filler. Uh, but it's very tempting to. Um, How about stuffing? <laughs> Alright. <laughs> uh, well, I want to respond before I continue with your Mando Season 1 episode. Which, to me, this actually felt like a Doctor Who filler episode. And I know you don't really watch Doctor Well, not filler episode. A Monster of the Week episode. There's a difference. There's a difference between a filler episode and a Monster of the Week episode. Because generally, Monster of the Week episodes still have character development. Right? They're just a mm-hmm. plot development. Yeah. Uh, so, but the reason it felt like the Mando season one to me is because this episode very obviously used the volume. And I don't know if I've ever talking extensively about the volume on this podcast. Do you even know what the volume is? Am I being, should I explain to the listeners what the volume is? Probably. All right. The volume is where they shoot Mandalorian, which is a giant set that has green screen and, well, I think it's like LED lights. Mm-hmm. Basically... It's like when they film Mando, they have projections that come from LEDs and stuff on the walls that are very accurate and move with the camera the way, like, you know, it would move. Like, you know you know what I mean? It, it gets vertigo. It's hard for me yeah. to explain, but if you ever Google Volume Mandalorian, you'll see videos of it. It actually is really cool. I just don't think the tech is still fully there. Uh, but it's fine for TV. The volume is something where I don't think it really looks that great. I think it looks really cheap. It's generally a lighting issue. Like, the lighting on the characters don't necessarily match the environments. 
And that's why I saw the Commando Season 1 upset to me. Because I really thought the effects in this episode were pretty embarrassingly bad for how expensive this show is. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, but I don't think inherently having a standalone episode is just for character development is bad. Even within a six episode series. Because as I've said before, I think our least favorite show on this podcast, Falcon Winter Soldier, there were six episodes there and they were not used to the best of their ability. There had been a character development episode in the middle. I wouldn't have minded it. You know what I mean? Like, we could have used that instead of some power broker stuff. We could cut Sharon Carter from that and dedicate the time she had on that show to a air quotes filler episode. Yeah. Just Falcon and Winter hanging out in the middle. Going after Batroc again, maybe. I don't know. Anyway, that's just me spitballing. Like Maybe just sitting around with uh, Zemo. Just, yeah, exactly. Yeah, another. Like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm using Batroc as an example because, like, you know, this episode kind of has a standalone conflict, too. It's getting off the planet. It's a not a villain, but it is a conflict that I presume is stuck to just this episode. Yeah. Um, but the issue here is I don't think this episode did much to develop either character. Sylvia is way too aloof. We don't really learn anything about her other than she never met her mom. But like, okay, great. That doesn't like you know what I mean? like we don't hear about her Thor. We don't hear about her Odin. We don't hear about anything from her. So it's like all right. So we didn't really get to know Sylvia. And then Loki, like, so the big issue the show has always had is that Loki has so much character development already, right? Yeah. So like, we don't. I don't be like, we don't need the show, but we don't need Loki to be like, Loki has to give us something new, right? Loki yeah. hasn't really, this episode, the only thing it was like, so Loki, what's your love like? Like, which is like, okay, technically that is development, but it really isn't. It also, to me, the issue is, is that Loki and Sylvia, right? They're the same person. Like they are like, that is. As such, the odd couple dynamic that I really liked in the first episode of the Mobius and Loki, I'd be okay with uh, air quotes filler upset about that and their relationship developing. Mm-hmm. Like, seeing Loki hang out with basically himself or herself, you know what I mean? Yeah. Them hanging out with themselves is just like, all right, I don't think you're really gaining much by being surrounded by someone who is exactly like you. So yeah, ultimately, unless, I was pretty bored with this. Unless, oh, sorry. Unless they use... Unless this is like a very um explicit way of doing like an introspection for Loki and this is how he reaches that redemption arc as what well, we got from previous Loki. Sure, you know. But I don't think this episode does much in that direction. No, no, you know it, I mean? it does it doesn't it really do does. that. But that's somewhere in that it could theory, have gone. that could work. Yes. Yeah. Uh alas, it didn't. So ultimately I was pretty bored at this episode, but I do want to clarify once again I'm not opposed to standalone episodes. I'm calling it like monster of the week episodes type of thing or filler. Ep- you can call them filler episodes. I, the thing about filler episodes, I always think about this is, I'm just going to go on a side tangent. Cause again, I think, no, I, I think we're going to have a lot of time today to talk. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, so avatar the last airbender, which I know you don't watch always has fans that are well, like this show has so many filler episodes. I think there is one filler episode in Avatar The Last Airbender because other episodes generally... Well, actually, no. There's two. There's two filler episodes in Avatar The Last Airbender. But one of them is a filler episode. They're both the worst episodes of the show. One of them, though, at least like has a cool fight in it. 
So I'm like, mm. all right, that's fair. I'll keep, we, we can allow that one. Uh, but the other ones generally, it's like, okay, the A plot's a filler, but the B plot develops something. Or it's like character development, right? Yeah. Or it's like, yeah, that's my thing. It's like people are like, this is all, like people who watch Avatar The Last Airbender are like, the first season is all filler. I'm like, no, so much stuff in the first season comes back. Like even in like the little episodes that don't seem to matter. Gotcha. So, but those I would call like, you know, like Monster of the Week episodes. Yeah. Or just standalone episodes. And that's where I'm like, with Loki or Marvel, I'm okay with standalone episodes. I just... The thing that gets me so iffy about being like 100% yes is that these are six episode seasons. Uh, mm-hmm. Whereas if they were 10 episode seasons, I'd be like, yeah, give me a few standalone episodes, sure. Kind of same thing with Mando where it was like season one, I was like, yeah, give me some standalone episodes. Wait, the season's only eight episodes long? I prefer that. Yeah. Because uh, we don't really get a lot of it. Um, before we move into our digging in, I want to bring up something interesting about this episode that I can mm-hmm. write in the notes. Tyler, you should murder me. Um, <laughs> is um, This episode is written by the head writer of Miss Marvel. Uh, interesting. Yeah, I would be saying it's a little concerning, but I also don't really think like... I'll put it this way. I don't really think this episode... Like... Do you think I, like I'll just put this episode is like kind of a space adventure? I don't. I'm not really worried about Miss Marvel feeling like this episode. Yeah, I think tonally the shows are so different. Well, to- not tonally, but like setting wise, the shows are so different that I can't be too worried about it. Mm-hmm. I so. the the thing is this episode. Yeah, it was 35 ish minutes with uh before credits, um and. I will say, like, for the writing, my attention was, like, the show had my attention the whole way through. I will say that much. Um, I was wondering, I was like, where the heck are they going to go? And when it ended, um, I was kind of like, okay, that's quite, you know, quite this, quite the spot to end it. Um, And there were a couple moments that uh, there's the moment where, Loki and well Loki's are Loki squared they are um standing in front of what looks to be like an old diner or something it's got the neon uh, sign in the window and yeah it and they talk about like power it need you know the uh the time pad needs more power to recharge its batteries and uh I felt like we were missing something more from that. Like there was supposed to be something um, kind of like a tangent. We were supposed to follow um, with that, but we didn't. Um, there were a couple of moments throughout the episode like that. It felt almost like they cut out a little bit of stuff out of, out of the, uh, out of this episode. But um, I will, I want to say I'm not laughing because I disagree. Yeah. I'm laughing because, in my opinion, this episode still somehow managed to drag so much. Mm. At least for me. And, like, those first two episodes, I said, these they went by quick to me. Yeah. They went by super quick. And this, and again, I'm not 100% opposed to slowing down the pacing. The issue to me is, is the pacing being slowed down when Owen Wilson's not in this episode, for example. Uh, and we completely avoid the TVA timeline story telling you know what i mean like yeah that side of the story is gone and 
to me, that's what I was really interested in. This is like a, as I said, this for me reminds me of like a low tier Doctor Who episode. And trust me, I actually know what low tier Doctor Who is because I watched a few seasons of it back in high school. And let me tell you, Doctor Who can either be really great or it can be, you know, it can really just be, oh man, I should have waited to see what the AV Club gave this one. And if it's a C, I'm out. I'm, I'm skipping it. It's not important to the old arc. Um, but yeah. But what else were you going to say? I cut you off a bit because you said you were going to say uh, something else to it. Oh, I was just, I was going to say that, yeah, it it's almost like the writers of the series wrote the whole series out and then uh, and then Kevin Feige came along and was like, hey, we want the writer from Miss Marvel to also write an episode for mm. this series. So let's try to wedge in an episode, you know, in in if somewhere. We, if we want to throw out I, I actually that sounds viable. But if we want to throw out wild theories, my theory would be that they knew there were six episodes. There was this episode here and it just was not working at all. Like with Dr. Strange 2, we heard, right? They threw it out. Yeah. They threw out the first script and brought out Michael Waldron. Very possible. Same thing happened here with the Sylvia episode. They were like halfway for shooting, like this isn't working at all. Throw it out. We'll get the Miss Marvel writer to do it because she's been doing a good job of her show. And that might be why the episode looks so cheap. Mm. There's my wild theory for throwing out wild theories. There is, yeah. to be clear, there is absolutely no evidence for what me and yeah, Tyler are saying. Exactly. But, but it is kind of the vibe I'm getting from this episode. Yeah. And again, I want to I want to repeat this because I know it's kind of uncool for people to be like, this episode, like, you know what I mean? Like, it kind of makes, I feel like at least for me, knowing how I talk about stuff like this, I feel a little hypocritical as long as like, show, let's just slow down a bit, you know? Like, mm-hmm. let's slow down and take it, you know, with these characters. So in theory, this should be the type of episode I like. The issue is, is I genuinely do not find Sylvia interesting, which I know yeah. you might disagree with. Yeah, um, she, but I just don't really think we get into her character much at all here. And Loki, I, as I said, we know I like so much what, about him already. I like what Sophia DiMartino is doing with this Loki, but we're we've also, like you said, she's very aloof, and when a character is is like that we can't really figure we can't really figure out if we like them or not and i think by this point in the season we should know which characters we like and don't like you know like who whose side are you gonna be on you know exactly i would say at the beginning of the episode that's fine but at the end of this episode we should definitely have a strong feeling about her and i really don't yeah which is uh makes this episode to me a bit of a what fart as i say and make the noise of so <laughs> so <laughs> i think we can now uh, dig in if you want yeah yeah um so i have down i know that i have down cold open and my note for it is cool i like this song but hmm. danny i'm drawing a blank i don't even remember what happens at this i don't point. remember what song it was <laughs> it's the scene where sasha lane is getting interviewed in the past which kind of sets up the variant reveal later on in the episode like in her mind not in her oh, past, but like yeah, in yeah, her mind, yeah. she's being enchanted. Yeah. Oh, I liked. Uh, yeah, I like the way that they use use the music um, as the transition, as the transition there. I'm always for. Um, yeah, I love the Marvel fanfare um, going through it, and I love all the variations of the Marvel fanfare. But uh, I also like when they use different 
uh, different songs like Ant Man. You know, Ant Man does Ant-Man it really opens. Well. Yeah, it does it really really well. Um, Ant Man and the Wasp might use too. it. Yeah, Guardians. Uh, Guardians. Guardians two does it. Yeah. So I really like when when uh, the films do that. Um, uh, Iron Man three does it really good too. Yes, uh, Iron Man three does it amazingly. It, yes, yeah. we got to give credit to the Iron Man three on that. So, um, uh, so yeah, I love when they love when they do that, and I really. Liked. I just got thinking. Won't it be kind of a bummer? I don't think it will because I don't think it's the type of movie to do it. But imagine if Black Widow doesn't open with the Marvel theme after so long of waiting to hear it in theaters again. Mm-hmm. Like the music, I'll be a little like, mm, okay, like you know what? I mean? yeah. I'll be like, please, all right, Marvel. I understand you probably had this plan, but after the delay, you should have. Changes back to that theme because people want to hear it. Also, by uh, this point, like they should, you know how um, Black Panther and uh, Stan Lee both have like their own Marvel fanfare, like with them flipping through. Oh, you mean like a memorial fanfare? Yeah, like a mo- memorial yeah. fanfare. I almost feel yeah. like with how long Black Widow has been delayed, like. I always feel like we need, you know, we need that not to, uh, not to bastardize, you know, Stanley and the Stanley and Chadwick Boseman memorials, but yeah. yeah. Well, actually, I was. We'll see. Obviously, in a few weeks. Yeah. I was a little thinking that um, if it had hit its November date, I think it would have had the Chadwick logo on it. Uh, I'm curious mm. if it will now still because it's still the first release afterwards, or they'll just wait for next year for Wakanda Forever. Um, yeah. But it's a little, little uncouth to just like speculate on that. No, it is. Uh, I think it will just yeah. be a normal. I think it will just be a normal logo myself. Normal, gotcha. Um, I like the cold open because it got me with that natural charisma that Sasha Lane has, and I'm not reading the rest of my note in the doc <laughs> on this podcast. But I think she has a very natural charisma. She's been in the show for what, like five minutes total over three episodes. Right. And I'm constantly like, yeah, I love you that you're here, Sasha. Please, please get a bigger role in the second half of the season. I'm begging you, please. Maybe because they they've put so much emphasis on this character. Maybe they are building her up to like maybe snap out of the TVA's control somehow. I actually, uh, you know, I have my predictions for next week. I will mention her. Hey, hey. So uh, I like the train conversation. I like that we're jumping. Wait, wait. Before we get to the train conversation. Uh-huh. I want to clarify to our listeners. We are skipping about the first 20 minutes of this episode <laughs> by jumping straight to the train conversation. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to if there's anything else of note to mention earlier than that. I really could not think of anything. I guess maybe the gun. That's pretty cool. It's a cool gun. The gun that shoots them. And then Loki's like, baby, I missed you, baby. It's the exact line, I'm pretty sure. I'm well, uh, Okay. Danny, let you don't me know tell what I'm you. talking about. Well, just hold on because <laughs> all that I'm thinking of is this old Fantastic Four cartoon where Mr. Fantastic pulls out a wooden gun and holds it at Magneto, <laughs> and then Magneto's like, "You can't usurp my power, and I control <laughs> everything metal." And then he tries to control the gun. And the sound effects are like, wong. And he's like, what? <laughs> How dare you? I cannot control the weapon. My powers have never failed me. And then Mr. Fantastic's like, ha ha, I have tricked you now. 
you are trapped. Give up. Like, just give up, Magneto. And uh, yeah, and so that's what I'm literally, literally thinking of. I am not thinking well, where's of what's that you're thinking of. Exactly. Where's Where's Fassbender? Where's Krasinski? You know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, I don't think the gun is that interesting to talk about. Anyway, <laughs> I was like, oh, cool gun. But what I did just remember that would be fun to talk about is uh, a little – instead of jumping 20 minutes in the episode, we're going to jump ahead 18 minutes in the episode. I liked the – well, what did you think of Loki's plan to impersonate a guard and be like, hello there, I am a god. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Very obviously being a bad impersonation of he a was, guard. Yeah, he was very obviously a – like a horrible impersonation. But also what's funny is the parallels of that going on with uh, Avengers Endgame where Tony Stark was one of the guards and he managed to oh, pull I it off. And then I was thinking, it didn't work sorry, here. But anyways. I was thinking in uh, the parallel I was thinking of is in Ragnarok with the get help thing mm-hmm. where Loki's like, get help is not going to work. And then the Sylvia's like, this guard thing is not going to work. And then it very stupidly does. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, there's a lot of, there was a number one in this episode that got me really thinking about like Loki's future. It was when he was drunk. I can't remember what it was, but he said something that I thought was really like, that's a line you say in the future. No, he did the Thor smash thing. He smashed the glass. Yeah. Another but yeah, now we can talk about the train conversation. All right. Yeah. I talked about my guards. So I like I like the train conversation about Loki's past. Um Yeah, this episode honestly, I said this with Falcon and Winter Soldier, I'll say it with this. Uh this episode, it really like this episode was the best when it slowed down and um we had these little moments with the Loki's. Also, though. There wasn't much development there. Um, it is the reveal. Yeah, that's the big that, issue. Like, it's just like, oh, I never knew my, I never knew my mama. Right. Exactly. We, well, and that's I never knew my mama. The big, the big reveal here is that we get is that each variant does not share the same past. So yeah. each variant can look different. Each variant can. They don't even have to be the same gender. Um, they they can have different past um but have like the same elements of them you know in there i mean for all we know uh uh so sophia de De martino's loki could very well have been from a family that didn't even rule rule asgard you know what i'm saying like uh uh, but i think the the to me the interesting thing would be if uh Surprised this wasn't mentioned, honestly, is that um, I believe Lady Loki, which obviously Sylvia is based off of, just comes from a. I might be totally wrong. Might be totally. I'm not. I'm not. This is not Danny's comic corner. Um, not this week. Uh, I believe she comes just from a gender bent universe in the comics. Gotcha. Ergo, when she says that she never knew her mother, she might be talking even about Odin. You know. Yeah. She might be talking about Odin, and of course, Odin wouldn't teach her magic right like because mm-hmm. odin doesn't do magic maybe her but then what that I, the reason i'm kind of iffy on that is i feel like if that was true she'd be like no my father taught me type of thing you know yeah that would be how they allude to that um but yeah that's kind of also what i was like saying earlier i was a little bummed we didn't get to hear about her family 
Although you're mm-hmm. right, they could very well not be king or queen of Asgard. Yeah. Maybe her maybe her mother is Hela. I don't know. You know, like these are all options. Yeah. Uh I don't know. It's interesting, but it's also just like it's it's lore interesting. It's not character interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing is like we're we're talking more of like we're seeing more of big picture uh the multiverse is just like the door is just barely cracked on the multiverse, you know, with the MCU. Um, and so that's kind of what we're seeing here, but like the door is even more shut when it comes to Loki, you know, for both of these, uh, Lokis. Um, I do think that variants not sharing the same past is a good way to set up the Spider-Mans though. I do think, um, Spider-Man No Way Home, if that is going to have multiple Spider-Man, then, uh, then that is a good way to to kind of set that up so it's not like randomly it could also why is there a reveal in a way 34 year old man chasing a school bus so Anyways. it could also reveal in a way that uh, yeah i'm not even responding to that uh, <laughs> it could also reveal in a way that um that's bait what if i was seeing this as possibilities like we see the sacred timeline right and then we see branches off of it yeah so this is going to sound weird, and I don't think they'll use this terminology, but there is a difference between a multiverse and alternate dimensions. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they will use more of a collective nomenclature for them both and combine them. But so what we've seen, right? Okay, so what we see, right, is the sacred timeline with branches, right? Yeah. There is no reason to assume that the other sacred timelines around it are also going in a straight line. Perhaps that's why they don't want them to collide. If they collide, then branches from the two realities will get into each other. Mm-hmm. And it's just propaganda about a multiverse war. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, to me, these timelines that would, like, crisscross, perhaps Sylvia's from one of those. Like, say, Sylvia is the Loki from the world. Not that they would ever clarify this, but let's say she's the Loki from the world Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, right? Yeah. And that's why she looks different. And that's why there are so many Loki variants, because she's not even from the Sacred Timeline. Or an mm. offshoot of the Sacred Timeline. Because her world seems way too different. I'm saying she's an alternate timeline from a branch. Gotcha. And all the TVA stuff... Because I still think a lot of the TVA stuff we've been told is propaganda. Yeah. Like, the video, I don't think all that's true. Um... And I think it would make sense if there is a parallel timeline that they don't want the branches to hit. Because that's what causes the issues. Well, and it would also Having multiple it would, sacred timelines type of thing. It would Sorry, show the on. time it would show the timekeepers to be the frauds that they are. If you have people from other timelines coming in and being like, hey, I'm here. Guess what? You know what which I mean? Is why, which is why Sylvia would be the biggest threat. Yeah. To them. Because they'd be like, this girl, we've been chasing her for a bit, and there's no way we can stop her. It's driving us crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, the other big revelation from the train conversation is that Loki is bisexual, making him the first, or we'll say him. We'll use him still until the show tells us otherwise. Because I do think you could use they, them pronouns on him. But until the show tells us otherwise, we're going to use him when we're talking about Loki, Loki. Mm-hmm. Um. So, but anyway, 
Loki is bisexual. Uh, this makes him the first bisexual character in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which to me is a little interesting because I remember Kevin Feige saying, oh, we have two upcoming, um, what do you call it? We have two upcoming LGBT characters coming in. See, one is one you've met before, and the other one is someone you're going to meet soon. I had assumed he was talking about the gay character in Eternals and Valkyrie, because we know Valkyrie searching for a queen in Love and Thunder. Yeah. Uh, but I'm also, like, not saying, obvious, I obviously want to clarify, I'm not saying Capita 2. Great. I'm just a little confused by what Feige was saying. Um, but yeah, what you, do you think of this? Because I know you said you wanted to say something about it. Yeah, yeah. I well, I, I liked it more of as how it was naturally brought into conversation, rather than um, rather than Marvel slash Disney ultimately using Loki as a token character, and I think that's 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 my biggest thing is is it's like if. Someone, someone saying I support LGBT, LGBTQ plus, um, as opposed to someone saying, no, I'm, I'm supportive because I have a gay friend. You know what I mean? What I'm saying? Well, there. no, no, I get what you're saying. You're talking yeah. about, um, in a way. Okay, great. We can have this nice little sidebar conversation again. I think we have time for it. Um, yeah. Disney has this terrible, terrible habit of um advertising a gay character or lgbt character in their movie that amounts to being a background shot or amounts to being lafu holding hands with somebody at the a man at the end of the movie or like you know or being yeah. played by a gay actor and being like oh yeah this character is totally gay or like the extras in the rise of skywalker who kiss Mm-hmm. Two girls, the lesbians who kiss, or they, and, or just using gay characters just for tropes for the sake of comedy. Yes, exactly. That's yeah. what the worry is about the new Jungle Cruise movie. Actually, I made a meme. Uh, <laughs> I made a meme that uh, uh, it's a meme that's the you know the girl head turning thing. You know what I'm talking about. You know what you mean. I'm talking about right. Yeah, the yeah. guy looking at the girl. Uh-huh. So I have the person being neglected being. All those characters, like LeFou, like the background couples in these movies, the one from Cruella. I think there's another one who is a token. Oh, the girl. You remember how Onward had one, too? Onward had a lesbian character that, that Disney was hyping up. Like, Yo, I've, not first... se- I've not seen Onward. Okay, well, it's literally a character who her being a lesbian is amount to. Oh, yeah, I was talking to it's played by Lena Waithe and just goes, I was talking to my girlfriend about this. And it's like, oh, OK, like it's a throwaway line. Mm. But, it's you know, like it's cuttable, like they can cut yeah. that out in another country. Uh, but anyway, I have all those pictures like in the line of the person being ignored. And then I have the guy in the middle being like audiences looking for LGBT representation in Disney movies. And have the other person be the characters from Luca, <laughs> just <laughs> even though they are not. Because <laughs> it's like. <laughs> but anyway, that's just the meme I made. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, my fear that actually leads me to my fear with this is that this is a throwaway line. Really, they can cut this overseas if they wanted to. Yeah, I I don't want to really open the can of worms about how the Marvel Cinematic Universe just uses sex in general, and the fact that 
outside of the first Iron Man movies, there really is no and and again, the Captain first Captain America movie, there really is no sex appeal to these movies outside of shirtless scenes. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there are couples, but they don't really kiss, which is fine. What these happens are, in the first? I, I think ultimately America. these movies are for children. I think ultimately these movies are for children. You know what I mean? Like I yeah. don't need the um, but I hate to be like, what does this mean? But great, I'm very glad we have Loki as a bisexual character in the MCU. However, we have never seen him in a relationship with anybody in these movies. Yeah. So I'm just kind of like, great, I'm glad this is confirmed. Let's do something with it in the rest of the show. Okay? Yeah. That's really yeah. what I'm like, I'm not holding it against the show now. I think it's really cool this is here now, but let's just not leave it at this. Right. Right. That's all I'm leaving. Don't leave That's it as don't leave it as a throwaway line. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you know, I think it's actually kind of fun because I remember there being a lot of speculation about uh the, how the grandmaster talks to Loki in <laughs> Thor Ragnarok and being like this seems a little flirty and maybe it was now, you know, it's possible. Yeah. Uh so I don't know, but I would like to see I would like to see and the thing about being bisexual is that he can be in a relationship with a woman, too. I would just like to see Loki in a relationship or at least like actually flirting with someone. You get what I mean? Like mm-hmm. That's really where I'm at. I, I think um, I think for that to happen, Loki would have to he would need to feel secure in what like he would need his rise to power to have been fulfilled. You know what I mean? Like he needs his ambitions well, fulfilled before. I, I think well, no, I get what you're saying. As a character, but yeah. it does give us to that thing that one of the few things we learn about Sylvia is that she is in a relationship with somebody, mm-hmm. but just to have her get, keep going through it. I can see that happening for Loki too. Yeah. Um. Maybe it's Sasha Lane. I'm just I just give Sasha Lane a role so, in these movies, please. So, uh, but maybe maybe it's Owen Wilson. I don't know. We'll we'll see how this show ends. I would, I would like there to be. A love story. My thought of when uh, is it Sylvie or Sylvia? I think it's Sylvia. I could double check. Okay, I'm just I'm just making sure. Um, so I didn't say it, say it wrong. Um, well, oh, she ends it up, is Sylvia. I've been sa- I've Sylvie, been saying okay. it wrong the whole time. It's okay, Sylvie. it's Sylvie. My bad. Um, uh, so uh, uh, Sylvie. Uh, so yeah, Sylvie mentions that there's a postman. Um, that she she fell in love with. And I thought, you know, Danny and I had a whole bunch of speculation about that postman in WandaVision. And, and I was like, what if? And then I was like, no, no, we're getting into Mephisto territory there. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, I don't know. I don't I honestly think that there would be a uh, there'd be a Stanley cameo possibility there if he was still around but uh but yeah i don't know i'm i'm interested in seeing you know like where where that's gonna go for the characters if that'll do anything to like for the conflict at the end of this series um so the show has brought up frigga a few times maybe we'll get a loca loca a Luca and Loki scene? No, a Loki and Frigga. Get Luca in the show. Yeah, I'm down for Luca being in the show. <laughs> Maybe they go to a cartoon <laughs> timeline. Who knows? Um, you um, know, I did see a funny tweet. I did see a funny tweet. I want to give this credit right now. I saw a funny tweet. It was like, first it was Loki. Now it's Luca. 
Disney needs to make a movie about the first dog to go to space, Laika. There we go. Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, maybe we'll get a Loki and Frigga scene, maybe on that 2004 Asgard timeline branch. Um, I I think as with as maybe much Sylvie and Frigga, <coughs> she's never met her mother. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm so sorry. Um, You're canceled. Yeah, my throat is canceling me. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know. Maybe we will see like a Loki, Frigga, Sylvie scene. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I think I would say I wouldn't be surprised. There. I wouldn't be surprised to see Reen Russo pop up in this. Yeah, because uh, as we as we've seen these credits so far, we have Owen Wilson with the and credit, which means someone gets the with credit. Mm, My speculation has always been Richard E. Grant will get the with credit. Yeah, because uh, he's very prestigious. But I could see it being Reen Russo as well. I could see there being two of credits also. Some things have that, you know? Yeah. So I could see it being Reen Russo and Witchy Grant. But we'll see. True, true. Uh, I don't know. I really don't have much to say on that. I Maybe. Like, you know, maybe. I don't think it'd be next week. I think it might be like in the second to last episode. Type yeah. Yeah. You know, it like might be like a fifth There had fifth so much. Episode. They were like. You know how Falcon Winter Soldier like, oh no, we gotta do all the character development in the second last episode. That could be that could be yeah. what happens. <laughs> <laughs> um Oh, I have the next thing. So Loki likes his metaphors, because last week we had that salad thing, right? Mm-hmm. This week we had Love is a dagger. Love is an imaginary dagger. <laughs> that, that was the only reason that scene really worked for me. The or at least the dagger thing worked for me, because it was very dumb. And then they pointed out, like, no, this is stupid. This is not, like, your style thing. This is, you're drunk, you're dumb. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really interesting how when Loki doesn't care in this, though, because that's what it is. Like, he doesn't care how he looks. So he's wearing the TVA uniform. Why doesn't he shapeshift into, like, an outfit he actually likes? Right. Right. Well, unless, like, he's got to... Unless he has, like, a pool of magic that he can use you know like a pool of magicka that he can use and then uh it just like him holding up that illusion holding that illusion for so long drains that pool maybe yeah i don't know uh so i think it's safe to say that the tva has questionable employee policy I would yes just... this is like the one revelation of the episode besides Loki being bisexual, which is that the, um, I feel like it's really weird to say that as it's a revelation, Loki being bisexual, but it's a reveal. Yeah. Um, but story plot wise, the only revelation of this episode is that the, the employees are all just variants. Um, which makes me curious is Loki not possible. My guess is Loki cannot become a member of the TVA. We've probably tried that before. You know, mm. because if so, there'd be a ton of Loki variants running around. They say that all the time. Like we have so many Loki variants running around. Yeah. Um. So their variants were picked up, and that's why in the beginning, the cold open, we see Sasha Lane, like in her past. I say that because it looks very contemporary. But in her past, before she became a TVA agent, just chilling out at a party, which to me is kind of creepy. Because we see her so far on the show, when we've seen her as a TV agent, she was for, she was first just you know, um, 
she was like leading a squad, right? A squadron, right? She was like a soldier. Mm-hmm. And this we just see that she was like partying, like college age girl, uh, probably just chilling, like having a good life. And then she basically gets brainwashed to become a soldier for these time people. Yeah. Uh, at least that's how I felt about it. Um, but yeah, I would agree. Very uh, questionable. I still think that Ravona is in on it, though. I think. She's yeah, I think so, it. too. Yeah. Um, which is why she is particularly very determined to stop the Lokis and Sylvie in this episode. Um, my theory is, is that Mobius past life adores jet skis. Because um, <laughs> I feel like, again, the jet ski joke is just too specific not to get a callback to in the finale. Yeah. Like, it feels like it's designed. Like, I, I say this all the time. Um, I said this with WandaVision 2 and Thousand Soldier. Some of these things have things that are designed to become memes. And mm-hmm. then they bring them back in the finale and it's like, oh, ho, 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 there's that meme again type of thing, right? Right. Uh, and that's me is what the jet ski thing screams. So <laughs> I I would not be surprised to see this jet ski pop up in Mobius's past life. Maybe he's the inventor of the jet ski. <laughs> and yeah. in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Owen Wilson has invented the jet ski. Yeah, um, who, I mean, we don't, I mean, we don't, we don't know. But yeah, no, that... Sophia DiMartino is definitely my MVP of this episode. Um, with what she's been given in the script, she's doing well with with what she's been given. Now, I'm hoping that I it's going to go. Sorry. I hope that it's going to go somewhere, you know, somewhere else. I hope that this is more that like her Loki is just as confused as we are about what she's going to do in the next episode. And that I feel like she'll figure that out. Yeah. I feel like she's put in a bad position. The actor. Yeah. With Beauty Martina, because this entire episode, she's forced to carry it alongside Tom Hiddleston and prove herself to be on the same level as Tom Hiddleston. And there's no way she's going to do it. Even if she was the great, like greatest actor of all time. Because Tom Hiddleston is Loki for so many people. He's one of those perfect castings. And the fact is, is that maybe, just maybe, I'd be able to buy into her as female Loki if she wasn't constantly sharing her scenes with the Loki. You get what I mean? Yeah. Like, she's being done a disservice by the script inherently by that. And as I said, I don't really think she's given as he's not that much to shine in. Because our Loki, I say our Loki, but you know what I mean, Hiddleston Loki. Mm-hmm gets the funny bits in this episode. She's the killjoy. And that kind of goes back to this whole... Again, I don't want to open up this can of worms, because it is a can of worms, uh, where always in these types of things, the woman character... So like Guardians, right? Guardians, I love Guardians of the Galaxy, but it does have this issue where it's like... Especially in the first one, um, where Gamora is the one Guardian who does not get to be funny. So she's the woman who's just going, come on, guys, come on. And that's kind of what I felt like with Sophie DiMartino in this. Yeah. I feel like she's pretty much like, all right, Loki, you need to take this seriously. I just think that's always such a bummer of, like, a thing to get, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I would rather not have that. That's the thing. Is like, I would rather her be just as, I, what if she got drunk, right? And Loki had to take care of her for a second. That'd be cool. That'd be fun. Yeah. Hiddleston gets all the jokes in this. And that kind of felt like setting her up to fail in a way to me. I do mm. think she's still pretty good in it. Don't yeah. get me wrong. I think you're right. I think she does a really good job of what she's given. 
I just think she's given incredibly little to work with, and I felt bad for her for that. Yeah, yeah. I so. thought I've, her her shining moment to me was in that opening scene where she has to put on this face of being Sasha Lane's like best friend, you know, and is trying to convince her to tell her like where the timekeepers are. Um, yeah. Yeah, I thought that I was say, her best moment so, in this episode. I actually thought her best moment was the last moment, which I'll get into. I'll talk about the whole scene in a bit, but at yeah. the very end of the episode where they see that they've lost and they're stranded on this planet, Hiddleston just looks up in terror, but she basically just shrugs, gives him a glare and walks off. And yeah. that to me was the most like, I was like, yep, that's a pretty like funny, like I give up thing that like it. I felt like that worked. That worked for me really well. And that was one time she got to be funny and Hillston had to be the serious yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. that's why I really like that as the closing. Imagine the imagine if we would have got in this episode instead, at the end of the second episode, Mobius would have made it through the portal right after Loki, right after Tom Hiddleston Loki. Portal closes. And then it the rest of like the third episode is... Mobius and Tom Hiddleston Loki chasing Sophia DiMartino Loki through Lamentis. And as they're going along, they learn about this, you know, this catastrophe that's this apocalypse that's going to happen. I think that'd be all right. But I also think it's something where I really and again, I'm jumping ahead of it. I think we're going to get a lot of Owen Wilson next week. Yeah, but I can't really say I want this. If next week I'm going to possibly get a lot of great Owen Wilson. I just think this episode as is is fine. It just needs to be executed better. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, that's really where I'm at. Yeah. But do you know what was executed well in this episode? The last three or four minutes of it. The incredibly well done one take shot, which usually the MCU. So the MCU has like one, one, one take that's always quoted as this is great. And I've always actually disagreed with that. It's in Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Uh, the casino fight is done in one take. Um, I actually am never really too impressed with it. I, I Actually, my hot take there is always that the comedy film Game Night came out uh, a few weeks before Black Panther. And I was always like, Game Night has the better one take gotcha. sequence. And it's a comedic one, but it's really well choreographed. But this I thought was pretty impressive. Um, mainly because it forced them to use their um, somewhat Blade Runner-esque set mm-hmm. um, all the way because they couldn't use the volume because they were running through it, right? Yeah. It did feel a little video gamey to me, but that was all right. Uh, I liked how it was serious. I liked how there was gravity to it. And I liked the ending of it, obviously, because it's like a very like devastating moment for the characters and we never cut away from them. Uh, so yeah, I, I liked the... The rest of the episode was whatever, but I did like the last four minutes or so. What did you think about Loki stopping that tower from falling on himself and setting it back upright? Do we are are we speculating he has the time stone or are we speculating he has well done levitation that he's never done before in the movies? I know. I'm I'm not I'm not because I know there is speculation that he took a time stone or in his he used that, but I'm I'm just, just very I'm like what cool. power is cool that? It look it looks really cool. I'm I was just kind of like 
where did that come from? But it's also kind of it. It's kind of like a, an X Men. How the X Men learn their powers is in times of deep stress. You know. Oh, so, I, I don't think that that was that because if that was it, I think we would have emphasized it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Loki been like, "Whoa, how'd I do that?" Type of thing. Yeah. And then we would have moved on. But it was just. I will say, I want to. Yeah. Sorry. So I, it's no, just no, that he's been around since uh, 2011's Thor, and I was like, "Holy crap! Where did that come from?" You know? Yeah, exactly. Um, I do want to go back to one thing I mentioned because I don't really think I clarified exactly what I mean about how it felt like a video game. It's like this scene basically opens with the two of them walking and talking, giving like the generic video game exposition dialogue where it's like, all right, we have to get to there from this time. If we don't, we're going to get a game over type of thing, basically. And then once the scene starts, you know, there's no real dialogue. The camera's almost always behind them, right? So it really is like, oh, this is a video game and I'm running through it to try to get through. And the camera just pans up for a second when he, like, he, he does that thing with this pillar. And mm-hmm. then it goes back down. And he's just back to running. It felt like super video gaming to me. Yeah. I didn't really mind it, but it did make me laugh. Because I, I, that's always a complaint I see. It, maybe you don't. You probably don't. One takes are always a big discussion among film fans. Because they recently became really popular and so they became easier to do with CGI. Mm-hmm. Um, and a big complaint about a lot of them is that they do feel like video games. And to me it was funny that this one totally felt like a video game to me. But I also felt like it still felt authentic because I did feel like they were using... Outside of, of course, the falling pillars, like real set pieces. Like they were running through real storefronts. Which I liked. Um, gotcha. But yeah. That was, my, that was my take on the closing scene. I liked it. Gotcha, Even gotcha. the video game stuff. Well, I think we move on to our predicts? Yeah, I think so. So I uh, I've got down oh no, how will Loki squared ever get off the planet? Um, what if this is only three episodes long? What if there is no mechanism? Right. It's just uh, the series finale. <laughs> I think that Owen Wilson or maybe Elder Loki, aka friend of the podcast, Richard E. Grant will help them get off the planet somehow. Um I think we'll be Owen Wilson between those two. And I think it's possible that Loki's not even in the next episode until halfway through it. I think we're going to do what I always want to do with TV, which is cut through our characters and catch up with what they were doing. Uh, I think it could be Owen Wilson and Sasha Lane working together because the only person who Sasha Lane... Let me, I'm trying to put this in a way that would make sense, that it doesn't sound like I'm fanboying over Sasha Lane being in the show and I want her to have a bigger role. But... So Sasha Lane, right? Mm-hmm. She is considered a uh, what's the word for it? Uh, someone you can't necessarily trust. You know what I'm saying? Like a liability. Yeah. She's considered a liability. Um, but I don't think Ravona is going to trust Owen Wilson anymore. Mobius. I don't think Wumi Masako's character is going to trust Mobius either. But Sasha Lane's going to want to be looking for some redemption after what she did. So her and she and Mobius will go after Loki. While Ravona and Wumi Musako will go after both Loki, Sylvie. Well, actually, I honestly think it's possible they're like, no, let's not go after them because we can tell that their time thing is broken and they're stuck on a planet that's going to blow up. So just let them die. That will solve the issue, right? Right. Um, well, so therefore, their, like, no, I gotta save him. therefore, their objective would be to stop Owen Wilson and Sasha Lane. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So... That's what I want next week. It's very possible it's just Mobius, but I also think it'd be really weird to just send Owen Wilson on his own on an episode going, oh, wow, I gotta go help Loki 
and not have any dialogue. Oh, wow. With What's happening with this planet? Whereas with Sasha yeah. Lane, I feel like we could still build out her character a bit more. She also, again, I I consider her to be a pretty big actor. Uh, yeah, well, for, you know, like, for she's not a big actor. You know what I mean? But she does have the credential to be a big part of this show. Yeah. She is not like, like, she's built. That's my point. She's built. I think she still has a role to play in throughout this season. Gotcha. So, gotcha. Um, and that would be the logical thing to me is that she's the one person Mobius Mobius is going to be the only person who trusts her because Mobius, like no one's going to trust Mobius. You get what I mean? Like it, yeah. it would make sense as an odd couple dynamic to me. Um, so hopefully that happens. Give <laughs> Sasha Lane a big role, please. Uh, but yeah, that's what I hope happens. I, I do want to jump back to Owen Wilson though. I don't want to necessarily continue with Loki. Yeah. And then initially I'd be okay with catching up with him, but we should go back. And also thing is with Mobius. Another, oh, sorry. This is actually what I meant too. Is like Sasha Lane, right? Her memories were unlocked by Sylvie. So Mobius is probably going to talk to Sylvie, uh, not so, Sasha Lane about that. And Sasha Lane's going to be like, I remembered a past that doesn't make any sense as a TVA member. And in that case, I think Mobius is going to trust Loki over the other people there, right? Yeah, yeah. And she's he's, and if Ravona is all the way up, she's going to be like, uh, Sasha Lane's talking crazy, put her in the brig, and Odell's going to be like, whoa, what? She was just traumatized by this person, right? Uh, you, like, this variant. So, yeah. no, don't do that. And Ravona's going to be like, no, I'm going to do that, and maybe that's why they work together. Yeah, I'm just spitballing ideas. Mm-hmm. This is why... That's why I think, though, like, her memories were unlocked. So that's an issue for the TVA, and that's a way Mobius can get up to date with Loki without, you know, having to deal with just Loki telling him, like, no, that's not true. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. That's, well, that's, a, that's our podcast. Thanks Bye. for listening oh. <laughs> to this week's episode of Why Is with Ty and Dan. We can be found on various podcasting platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and on our website, why is with tydan.buzzprout.com. Danny, I was just going to keep going until you told me to stop. But we are Never also stop. on YouTube audio exclusive at our channel, why is with Ty and Dan. You can also contact us at email by at why is with Ty Dan at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at why is with Ty and one because I'm number one. Sorry, I'm saying it now that I am pissed. You could also follow me, Danny Vincent, on Letterboxd at Blankments for reviews of movies, including those not in the MCU. We'd also like to thank Zachary Rapp for editing this episode. Thank you, Zach. <laughs> we'll join you guys next week for more Loopy Loki. Bye-bye. What? what? Catch you in the next one.